If you Google the phrase work-life balance, you'll get 265 million hits. There's lots of information on this so-called balance, but not as much on the practical perspective of what works and what doesn't work for people. Today, my guest and I tackle the practical application of work-life balance. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 123. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly coaching show to help us all be better leaders through improved communication, human relations, and personal productivity, the people side of business, and organizations. Welcome back. I'm so glad to have you as a listener this week to the show. And if you're listening for the first time, welcome. So glad to have you. This is the show for folks who care about results and care about being effective and want to do it in a way that is going to align well with serving people, taking care of people in our organizations and in our work. And oh, by the way, in our personal lives and our families too. And you've probably already picked up if you've listened to the show for a while that I'm a big believer in the importance of this term we hear thrown out a lot called work-life balance. And although I fall short a lot of the time, I am always trying to do whatever I can to be more effective at being able to have that balance. And I know a lot of us are always struggling with that. And you may remember, if you've listened to the show for a bit, that back in episode 106, I had John Corcoran on the show. And John was on to talk about building your personal network. And uh, it's a it's a great episode, by the way. So I uh, encourage you to go check it out if you haven't already listened to it, and especially if that's something that's a goal of yours for this year to build your network. Uh, John and I started talking back and forth, though, and emailing here and there. And uh, John is great at practicing what he preaches, and he had been it was reaching out to me recently on putting me in touch with someone that he thought would be a, fec- a good guest, a future guest here on the show. And we started to talk, and it turns out that. Uh, John and I have a lot in common. So one of the things we have in common is we both are in households that both parents work. Uh, we both have a small uh, a small child at uh, home already. And both of us are expecting kids coming up here in the month of February 2014. So we're both about to get a lot busier in our homes. And as we started uh, emailing back and forth this last week or two, Uh, I suddenly thought, you know, this would be a great opportunity for both of us just to share our perspective on how we're approaching this transition in our lives uh, from a personal perspective, but also from how we're approaching it from a business perspective and how we think about this and tackle this work-life balance topic. It's one that you see a lot of information out there on, but I really wanted to get in the into the details of like what do each one of us do around work life balance? And so John and I sat down last week, had a, a chat about work life balance, how each of us applies it in our lives and with our families and our work. And I hope you find it helpful. So here's my conversation with John Corcoran. Hey everybody, it's Dave Stahoviak from the Coaching for Leaders show, and I've got my uh, buddy John Corcoran with me. Hey John. Hey there, Dave. We're in, we're doing a joint episode. This is exciting. Yeah, so I've never done this, and uh, I, I have. We don't know how this is going to go. 
we're completely <laughs> so, amateurs here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, you know, what it was interesting, we had talked, um, John, you were on my show, gosh, what, uh, four, five, six months ago talking about networking. And, um, and so we had just been talking over email a bunch since then. And, you know, it turns out that you guys are having a baby coming up here in February. And the funny thing is, so are you. So I don't know how we planned this, but somehow you and I both expecting a baby without within a month or so. And so you made the brilliant suggestion a couple of days ago of why don't we get on the phone and record a joint episode where we talk a little bit about work-life balance and what we're thinking on the eve of both of our second child's birth. And I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. If, if, you know, we start talking about this over email of like, okay, what's what are you doing? How are you handling the car seats and all that stuff? And is, are the bags packed for the hospital? And I was thinking, you know, and the answer to all that is no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same, same here on a number of those. And so, you know, it's interesting, John. Whenever I get together with clients, um, and we share having small kids uh, at home in common. We end up spending time before, after the meeting, always talking about kids and parenting. Yeah. And and I actually just had this conversation this morning with a client. We were talking all about work life balance and how does that work. And I'm always so curious, like what people do with their schedules and communication with their families. And I just, you know, it's one of those things we don't talk about a lot of times formally in uh, in organizations and in business. And I thought it'd be really neat if we, you and I just kind of talked about what we're doing and what we're struggling with and how we're trying to make some sense of how we balance our work and personal lives. And uh, and, and I hopefully it'll be valuable for people as we dialogue about that. Yeah, I think it's going to be valuable for people, whether they have young kids at home or not, whether they're just a really uh, busy with their job or busy with school or uh, busy with taking care of, of elderly parents. It's, it's an issue that's facing so many people these days. How do you deal with balancing having a life and also balancing, uh, you know, having a, having a job or having a business and, and keeping that afloat? And so I, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm constantly devouring information from other people about how to maintain that. And I guess the, the first thing we should probably talk about is that term, work-life balance. And it's kind of interesting because a lot of people have kind of debunked it and said it's not even possible to achieve a, a balance of some sort, or maybe you can't measure it in the short term. You need to measure it over the long ter- longer term. Do you agree with that? Do you think it's possible to achieve work-life balance, Dave? For me, it's like sitting on one of those stools um, from we had this we had this stool uh, at our house that's up that's in Bonnie's office. And it's one of those stools that you sit on and it kind of works your core, John. And so <laughs> yeah. you you sit on it and you like, it kind of leans you to one side and you hurt, sort of have to work like your abdominal muscles in order to get back into the center. Really, really interested in seeing where you're going with this. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it's like you're never really in balance, but because you're trying to stay in balance on it, you get stronger, at least in theory, uh, if you sit on it long enough. And I kind of think of work-life balance like that is, for me, I'm constantly falling out of balance, but that my goal is to move back towards balance um, on a regular basis. So it's kind of like I'm always trying to stay sort of centered in that circle. On any given day, I'm going to be on one edge or one side of or the other. Um, but if I'm sort of generally in the center, I feel like I'm 
I'm doing pretty well and I'm getting stronger and I'm getting better at being able to respond quickly. It's a good way of looking at it. You know, you're constantly in the process of trying to strengthen those muscles so that you can remain balanced. Um, you shared a great quote from the Xerox CEO, Ursula Burns. Uh, she said in the Wall Street Journal that it's a fool's journey to try to achieve the perfect balance between one's professional and personal lives. Uh, she said that, uh, she was talking about women here, but they should get comfortable with the idea of taking your entire life to find balance. So do you agree with that? Do you think that it should be measured over the course of whether you have balance over your entire life? Yeah, I, I think the question, yes, I do in general agree with the um, kind of her philosophy of this, of not worry so much about an individual day or an individual week um, uh, and think about, okay, what what is the longer term objective of what you're trying to um, latch onto? And I know for me, I mean, that quote from Ursula Burns has brought me a lot of peace. Um, and actually, it just happened today, John. I, I work out of my home primarily. And so I came back at a client meeting this morning up in LA and I drove back just about an hour ago. I came in and Luke was really happy to see me. And then when it was apparent I was going back to work because I needed to chat with you and do a few other things this afternoon, um, then he was really, really fussy and did not want to see me leave. And and I so wanted to just like hang out and play with him. I really did. And yeah. And yet... That quote reminds me, I mean, you're never going to make everyone happy. I mean, it's just never possible. That quote really reminds me to have perspective of like, okay, just because today I didn't spend as much time with him does not mean I'm a bad father or I don't have life balance. It just means I had a really busy day and that's why we had someone here caring for him and that's why Bonnie's schedule was different. So it's, you know, for me, that gives me peace. And anything that gives me peace, <laughs> I think is a good thing, you know? Yeah, it is. That's that's definitely true. I, I, there's one part I disagree with it, with the statement is that I don't think that it's a healthy thing to think that later in your life you'll find that balance. Like there's, you know, this golden ring that you'll suddenly discover when you turn 50 or 60 or something like that. Um, I think that what you should try and do is find balance but average it out over different periods of time. So sure, you're going to have busy weeks, busy months, but if you continue at that pace for six months, eight months, nine months of just working yourself to death, I mean, people, people can't handle that pace, you know, and they will collapse. They will, they will not be able to take it. So I think you really need to build into your schedule on not just a week, an, a, a, an annual basis, but maybe a monthly or quarterly basis, and even down to a daily basis. And, and I think we're going to get into some more practical tips as we go along here. But, you know, one thing I've engaged in a lot in the last year is planning, planning out my, my day. And one piece of advice I've read a couple times is to work in these little breaks in your day that can really help with balance or help you feel more at peace. So that rather than, you know, working, working, working all day long, like a 10-hour day working, you actually have like maybe a 10, 15 minute break built into your schedule so that you can get a little respite and then get back at it. And so you don't completely deplete your energy on a daily basis. But I think it's important to do that, not just on a daily basis, but, you know, weekly, monthly and an annual basis. Work in, you know, those weekly vacations, family vacations and work in a weekend where you're not going to work at all. You're not going to be checking the smartphone all the time. You're going to be present with your family. You know, those sorts of um, approaches, I think, are really helpful for achieving balance, even if it's not possible to 
achieve the perfect balance, as uh, Burns says in the quote in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's why I hesitated when you asked me if I agreed with it because I, I generally agree with the philosophy, but I think where it breaks down for me is when you think of it over a whole lifetime. Uh, to me, that's a little long. I think that you know having a busy day or a busy week is is okay once in a while and necessary, but when you get into the point of it being months, that's the kind of thing that does throw you off balance and throws your family off balance. And so um, that that's something that's really present of, present of mind for me is trying to figure out, okay, what can I do, you know, even if it's just a little thing today that keeps me going a little bit back toward balance, even if I'm not perfectly where I want to be. And, you know, I think that that for me, John, brings up another question, which is kind of like, what are we even trying to achieve? Because I know Bonnie and I have had some conversation about this in the last few months of, you know, what do we want to see our family schedule look like? And so when you think of work-life balance, what's your objective? What are you trying to achieve on a, on a, on an ongoing basis with your family, John? Oh, man, that's a tough question, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's why I asked you first. <laughs> I guess when you when you really break it down, um, there's going to be, you know, even whole weeks where um, it, where you have just really bad weeks, very busy weeks, and, and this week is probably an example of one for me. I've just been, been tremendously busy. Um, but then you have other times that are not as busy and to try and enjoy those times as well. But the other point I was going to make is that by trying to build into even your, your daily work schedule, little breaks throughout the day, it has an effect on your home life because it makes you a happier person. It makes you a more satisfied person. And as long as you're I think as far as your goals go, as long as you're constantly trying to improve and constantly trying to find different ways um, to achieve happiness at work and at home and ways that, you know, finding little tools and strategies and tricks that can um, be working towards trying to create more balance in your life, then that's a good thing. You, you may not always achieve it, but just throwing up your hands is not an option. Just giving mm. up is not an option. Yeah. So, you know, I what I really expect, the, the type of people that I really like, the people that I gravitate towards are people that are constantly trying to improve themselves and that are reading new books, that are learning new things, that are applying new things because those are the people who really grow and who really – even if they don't achieve the optimal balance, at least they're trying, and that can lead to a, a tremendous sense of satisfaction. Is just that just that you're you're trying to achieve balance for your family, and your family will know it; they'll feel it. Cool, I like it. Yeah, and that that actually is what I, when I thought about this question for myself, I I thought of two things: one, you know, nobler goal, and one really selfish one. <laughs> so my larger nobler goal is that. Uh, you know, Bonnie gets the kind of attention that I want to provide as a husband, uh, if not always on a daily basis, certainly on a weekly basis. Um, and that Luke gets the attention that I really want him to get of being, a, you know, a dad and being a really present dad. And even if he only sees me some days for an hour or two a day, um, that there's other days he sees me a lot more. And that even if it's only an hour for that hour, I'm really, really present with him fully. Um, so that's like my nobler objective. And then my not so self, my more selfish objective would be, I just don't want to have as much guilt. <laughs> so that's like, 
if I can get to the end of a week and not feel a lot of guilt, because <laughs> it seems like whatever side I err on, either I'm like, okay, I didn't work enough this week on my, some long-term priorities, or I didn't spend as much time with Luke this week as I wanted to or with Bonnie. Um, it seems like somehow I always end up having a little guilt either way. But if I can minimize that on a selfish level, I feel like I'm doing okay. <laughs> That's actually a great point. That was actually one one point that I wrote down beforehand. So we're definitely in agreement on that is trying to minimize the guilt. And yeah. I, I find that it's something that can lead to this waterfall of negative feelings when you get that guilt. You know, it, it could be something small, like you you feel guilty that you're checking social media too long while you're at work and you should be going home, or you feel guilty that you haven't spent enough time with your family. And in allowing yourself to relieve yourself of that, you know, to just let it go is so important because um, if you don't, it just leads to such great frustration. And, you know, it's, it, it's, it's why it kind of keeps on coming back to the working world, because if you, if you harbor anxiety and frustration and, and um, you're overworking yourself in the working world, that will spill over and affect your family. It'll affect your kids. It'll affect your spouse. So, Trying to let go of that guilt is really a great thing to do. There's one planning system that I've been trying out and been experimenting with. It's called the Storyline Productivity Schedule. Oh, interesting. Um, have you checked that out before? No, I haven't heard of it. It's interesting. I was just reading about it, and, and I've been trying it out the last couple of days. And one of the things they do is is it, it's project-based. So it gives you three projects to work on during the day under the theory that we can't balance too many projects. So you focus on three projects that you work on during the day. And this is best for people who are self-directed in their work. Um, but it doesn't assign a time period to it under the theory that if it were, if they were to say two hours, you know, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., and people were to start working on it, and then you get to 9.30 and you haven't done a lick of work, then you get this feeling of guilt. Yeah. And and it 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 harbors it just ruins the rest of the day. So instead what they do is they put the time period at the bottom and you fill in the time period that you spent on that project. So oh, if you cool. spent only an hour and a half then you write down hour and 30 minutes after you completed the project and you get this feeling of satisfaction from having achieved it rather than a feeling of oh crap I didn't do the 30 minute the extra 30 minutes that I wanted to do. Yeah, that's so funny you mentioned that. I haven't heard of that tool, but I've totally given up on trying to figure out how long something's going to take in my calendar, unless it's a mm. formally booked meeting with a client or a phone call or something like that. Um, if it's me working on something or working on a project or writing, I I have just gone to having a prioritized list because I never get it right, John. Every yeah. time I'm, I'm either I get a phone call. Or it takes me twice as long as I, th which usually is what it is. It takes me twice as long as I thought it was really going to take me. Um, and, and like you said, you know, as soon as you miss that first part of your calendar for the day, then you feel like you're behind the rest of the day. And I finally, <laughs> it took me a few years, but I finally realized it doesn't make any sense to do that. And, um, and, and so, so you just started using that tool. Are there other tools that you're using that help you as far as from a work-life balance standpoint that you found have been really valuable for you? Well, I think planning period is really important because the more organized we can be in our activities, the less likely that that anxiety is going to spill over into our home life. And so, you know, David Allen with his getting things done system, he says that you really need to write down all of the things that are in your head in your to-do list 
because that gets them out of your head and you, you don't have the stress of knowing that these are things you need to do. You get a little bit of feeling of satisfaction to, to writing them down. And I totally agree with that. I think that's really important to do. I know not everyone does, but I, I think that if you experiment with that, that is a great strategy. Another one I use is called, um, it's at ProductiveFlourishing.com. A guy named Charlie Gilkey who's up in Portland who I've interviewed on my podcast before, very smart guy. And he's created these custom planners for different people and uh, different types of jobs. And I use their weekly and their daily planners. And one of my goals for 2014, which interesting enough, you mentioned your three words. We, we should talk about that because I have three words as well. Oh, cool. Um, uh, one of my goals is to plan better and, mm. so, and on a larger scale. So I, I hope to use more of his um, different planning documents to plan on more of a quarterly and an annual basis rather than just on a weekly and a daily basis. But how about you? What kind of uh, planning? Other than, do you do just a to-do list or what do you use? Well, you know, I've gone back and forth over the years of doing lots of different things. And what I'm doing right now, I use a software tool called OmniFocus that helps me to keep, uh, it's a Mac-based product, and it, it, it's basically my task management system. So I keep all my projects, everything in there. And then I collect my ideas throughout the day in drafts. So you talked about just getting things out of your head. I'm, I'm a big believer in that too, um, but I'm not really good at doing it in practice. I'm really trying to discipline myself, John, when something gets in my head of putting it in the in in the drafts app and I'll process it later. And that's actually really good. Um, I mean, it's helpful for a work productivity standpoint, but it's also really good personally too. I mean, I've had times where, you know, we'll be talking about something as a family or I think about something, you know, Luke and I are uh, doing something and I'll think, oh, I need to schedule his dentist appointment. <laughs> I haven't done that. And so I'll, I'll quickly, I'll just open the phone, I'll put it in the app, boom, done. And I don't have to like make a big deal out of it or open up the task management system or send myself an email or anything like that. So so that kind of stuff I really think is helpful. But, um, but what I use from a larger perspective this year that's really, um, really focusing my thinking is Michael Hyatt came out with this course called Best Year Ever. It's like a five-day uh, self-paced course that you go through and you set your goals for the year, seven to 10 SMART goals. And I didn't do this last year. And I kind of, um, I changed my strategy last year, just having three words, but I decided this year to actually bring back doing some, setting some goals. So I have, I have 10 goals that I've got listed out. And what I do on Sunday nights is, or Monday morning is I'll sit down and I'll look at that list and then I'll plan my tasks for the week. And what I think is interesting for me um, is that uh, most of the goals on my list of the 10 only two, let's see, I'm looking at it here. Only three of them are really business or professional related. The other seven are either me, myself, and taking care of myself well, or doing something that's going to really be beneficial for our family and, and on a personal level. And so I really try to drive my priorities of family and personal just by my planning throughout the year so that that leads to the kind of actions I want to take. That's great. That's great that you do that. And so the three words, you did three words two years ago and didn't last year, and you do you have three words this year? I do. I did pick three words again this year. Uh, last year, my three words were to, um, were to uh, show up on, on social media, were flexibility, and were collaboration. And those were kind of the three things that I focused on throughout the year. Um, and I really wanted to get better at that, especially from a flexibility collaboration standpoint at home of really... I mean, when you're, and, and you know this, when you're a parent with small children, 
you just have to be flexible. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say you have to be. I suppose you could choose not to be. But if you don't, whoever <laughs> you you're... For long. Yeah, I mean, whoever you're either raising your kids with, uh, either a spouse or partner, or if you are a single parent and have someone else you're relying on, I mean, if you are not flexible and collaborative, you are done as far as um, any sort of like happiness in your home. Um, and we've, you know, I think every family has its moments where that doesn't go well. And we've had ours, of course, too. But I think we've been able to minimize it well by both being flexible and collaborative. And one thing I, I didn't mention this earlier, John, but as far as one of our objectives, me and Bonnie's, is that we um, we both believe strongly in raising Luke um, in an environment where he sees us both as equal partners in parenting. And, you know, this is very personal for every family. You know, every family has their own system for how they do this. But we really want to raise Luke in a home where he sees us as both as leaders and both in actively parenting, but also both uh, parents having professional things that they do and they enjoy doing and that they love to do. And so um, we really work hard to balance our schedule and our time sometimes by necessity, but also because we really want to have Luke be equally parented by us. And we do our kind of, last time I checked and kind of just did some figuring on it, I th- we were within a couple hours a week of equal time as far as how much time we spend as caregivers to him. And um, and that's really important to us. And you know, it's not possible for everyone. We're both lucky to have and blessed to have professional lives that allow for that and that flexibility. Um, but that's a really, really important thing. So it requires, though, a ton of collaboration. So our family runs on the iCloud calendar system. I mean, Bonnie's <laughs> got hers. I've got mine. Luke has his own calendar. Um, you know, everything's color-coded. I can look on my iPhone and see exactly where everyone is at any point, or at least what the calendar says it's supposed to be. Um, that is huge for us. Without that, I don't, I don't know how we would keep it all straight. So that cal- that tool for sure, and that principle is central to our our life balance system. Wow, that's great. And and, and it sounds like it sounds like there have there been any struggles with that. Like, have there ever been any setbacks? I, I know Luke isn't too old, so um, you probably haven't reached that point yet. Like, I'll give an example in, in my home. My wife works, and she has an hour commute one way, mm. uh, hour in the morning, hour in the evening. And I, you know, for that reason, if my son is sick, and I'm, I'm self-employed, so if my son is sick, I'm the one who picks him up. I'm the one who takes him to the doctor to the extent possible. At the same time, if I'm not working, I'm not making money, so we kind of balance it out. Sometimes she's going to take some of her sick leave. Um, and, and then the other thing we do is... She, because of that long commute, um, she prioritized taking Fridays off. So she worked it into her schedule. She works in academia. So uh, she worked it into her schedule so that she could take Fridays off and be with him full time on Fridays, which, oh, nice. frankly, you know, I wish I wish I could do that. Yeah. Um, I wish I was at the point of doing that. Um, but, you know, it's it. So it's kind of like it'd be interesting to look at the breakdown, the hour breakdown in terms of caregiving, because then over the on the weekend, she and I are 50-50 the whole time. But it'd be interesting to see in terms of hours if it breaks down uh, close to 50-50. I think it still would tilt in my wife's favor because of those Fridays. Yeah, and I, I certainly don't mean to imply that either um, that we shoot for 50-50 all the time, too. I mean, there's definitely weeks that I spend more time with Luke and definitely weeks that Bonnie spends more time, too. And I don't even necessarily think that it, it would be... Um, 
you know, helpful for us to do that. And, and you ask about downfalls. I think one thing that for, um, I'll just speak for myself, I'd be curious what Bonnie would say, but I know there are times I get too rigid to, too rigid to that schedule. So I'll be like, okay, well, uh, Bonnie's going to be watching Luke from, you know, three to six this afternoon because she's not on campus today. So I've got that time to work. And then something will change. You know, she'll have a doctor's appointment comes up or something like that. And then all of a sudden I'm on. And I know there have been times I've not been as flexible as I'd like to be um, just because I'm like, okay, but we had that book. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes um, too much planning can work against you too. I know for me it has because I I think like, okay, you know, I, I'm, I like to have things planned out. Both Bonnie and I are planners. So anytime something changes, I've really had to remind myself continuously of like, okay, it's just the plan. <laughs> it's, you know, <laughs> this too will pass. If, if you didn't get as much done today, uh, we had this happen last week where we had someone who was going to come in and care for Luke for, we have a couple of people in our lives who are just great blessings to us who come into our house and um, care for Luke, you know, a few, several hours a week. And, um, and you know, schedules didn't work out and they weren't able to be here. And so all of a sudden, a whole day of work that I thought was going to be mine <laughs> was gone because um, yeah. Bonnie had another commitment that she couldn't change. And so, um, but I said, you know what? I said, you know what? This, it's not a big deal. Like it's one day. And I had a blast with Luke that day. Mm-hmm. We had so mm-hmm. much fun. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make the most of this day. And so I think for me, one of the things is always just flexibility. And then I think the other big thing is constant communication with the people who are involved. So with extended family, with a partner, with whoever's important to do life with, you know, in your sphere, um, whether that's family or extended family or friends, um, I, I think that that constant communication is really a necessity, and, and particularly with young kids, for for us at least. It is. You know, I was going to ask you: Do you and Bonnie do you have like regular meetings? Do you sit down once a week or once a month and say, let's let's plan out the next week? Or is it kind of more of a on the fly, you're constantly talking about these things? Yeah, you know, for us, it tends to be by semester because she's a university professor. And so mm-hmm. we will kind of have those conversations in four month increments. <laughs> yeah. So because her schedule's the same. Once it's it's set for the semester, I mean, as far as when she's on campus, meeting with students, all that, it's pretty much stays the same. Whereas my schedule is constantly changing. So I can be the one that can move things around a little bit more. So usually we'll set something, we'll kind of go our four months and then we'll, once that semester ends, we'll then we'll kind of sit down and figure out the next, uh, the, but she really takes the leadership role on a lot of that. And, and, you know, I try to be as flexible as I can of, of, of making it work with her schedule. And then the other thing we do every week, almost every week, is on Sunday nights we have a standing babysitter and we go out and we have um, we have dinner and sometimes we talk about schedules and sometimes we talk about life and but two questions we always ask each other at dinner every Sunday night is um, what brought you life this week and what took life away from you this week and mm. um, and sometimes that's about us and our relationship and sometimes often it's about you know other things that are going on in our lives. Um, and so for us, that's just a really good time to be able to reconnect and find out what's going on and, and what isn't working. And, um, and I, you know, it's just, it's, it's so important to do because it's so easy, especially with, you know, young kids for that to become very consuming uh, with, with your time and resources. And it was funny, what got me thinking about uh, us having this conversation, John, was you put something on social media that you and your wife were going to have a baby moon. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, am I getting yeah. that term right? So tell me That's about right. that because that sounded like something that was uh, really intentional too. 
Well, so with baby number one, this was about three years ago before Mason was born, we, you know, were living the life. Uh, we went and spent a week in the Caribbean. We went on a cruise. We were in Florida. We had a great time. This time, we basically got in the car. We drove about five hours, and we stopped. And then we had two nights to ourselves. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit different when you've got a three-year-old. Yeah. But I, I shouldn't minimize it. I mean, it was really nice to have. We did take a, a second little baby moon. We went down to Santa Barbara which is five or six hours from here, and Mason was with uh, Nicole's parents for the weekend. And it was just, you know, it was not long enough, of course, but uh, it was wonderful. And um, Nicole and I have never done the uh, nightly or the weekly babysitter like you do. I'm really envious of that. Um, that is something that we, we probably ought to do, and, and we know other, other couples that do that. Um, but definitely taking the time away to do the baby moon. It, it was, it was so nice because, you know, we, it's, it can be really tough when, when you're raising a toddler and, and anxieties raise and, you know, tempers flare and, you know, we get into heated arguments from time to time, just like any couple. And so taking the time to go away for two days without the kid, even though we missed him, um, was really nice because it was it was a chance for us to reconnect and do some things that we really liked to do before our son Mason came along. And don't get me wrong, he's a total blessing. We love having him around. We wouldn't have it any other way. But, you know, before he came along, we would travel and we would go to different restaurants and experience new things. And that's what we really like to do. And we don't do hardly any of that now, of course. Yeah. Um, so it was really nice to do that. And I think that that, um, you know, you come back, I come back, I know, to work refreshed. And and I think our family comes back refreshed. And, and it buys you some more time, in a sense, because it reminds you for the next three, four months or so of the love that you have for your spouse and how much you enjoy spending time with them, even when you're not up to your eyeballs in poopy diapers. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's good to do. But, you know, I I mean, I know that not everyone listening to this is going to have the resources to be able to get a uh, babysitter once a week or to do a weekend away. Um, And if that's the case, you know, we've all been there. And I think that you can just try and make things work on a smaller level, you know, whether it's having uh, a relative, hopefully watch the kid. Um, to give you some time away with your spouse or even if, you know, even if it's time away from work with some friends um, or some relatives or something like that, whatever it is that's going to give you a little bit of break. I think it's so healthy to do that. It really is. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that too, because, you know, it, it is an investment, I mean, of resources to have a babysitter come on a regular basis. And, you know, we've we've been blessed that we have the resources to do that. And also, you know, we think in the long run, it's worth that investment for our marriage and for, but you know, it's, that's not possible for everyone, but I, but I, what is possible for, I think all of us is being intentionable intention. <laughs> that was some great grammar, huh? intentional <laughs> about taking time away and have, and really marking out time where either it's time off the internet or time with just a spouse or a partner or time with, um, or just even time alone. Uh, you know, like you said, having a having a relative step in once in a while. Um, but I, I think that even for those who are not at the life stage, you know, you and I are at, John, 
of, um, I know I didn't do this well enough at all before we had kids ever is to take time to just be, you know, I'm really not good at that at all of just resting and just relaxing and taking a day off once in a while. Um, you know, even on weekends, I tend to be pretty productive. I go around, okay, what needs to be done around the house? And, you know, what do we need to organize? And, um, you know, what's the next book I need to read? And sometimes it's just really, really good to make that space to unplug. And that's that's been really helpful for, for me and for us too. Yeah. And you don't need a big budget for that. I mean, that's something you can do very easily. My wife and I do that frequently where we will just, you know, be home in the evening and our son is asleep in the other room and... We sit down on the couch um, and, you know, maybe have an hors d'oeuvre on the couch that we make and, and have dinner together. And um, uh, as you said, unplugging the, the cell phone, unplugging the Internet is a great thing to do. I saw recently someone who actually purchased a timer that they attached to their Internet. So they turn it off at a certain time. That's it was awesome. in a different context. It was it was they wanted to go to bed earlier. So oh. it, it was like this manual old school looking, you know, physical timers, not digital or anything like that. And uh, it just knocked, you know, turns off the Internet at 10 p.m. or something like that. And then they have to go to bed. And you I know, thought that was cool. That's so funny you mentioned that because one of the things that we've tried to do and we've been poor about doing it recently. Well, I, actually, Bonnie's been better about it. I've been poor about doing it recently, but is to uh, unplug off the Internet for 24 hours and usually try to do it over a weekend. So like. Saturday night to Sunday night. And that is the first couple times we did it. It's really hard. And then mm -hmm. it's really nice, actually, though, mm -hmm. when you get unplugged and really um, totally get, I mean, Facebook, the whole bit, you know, TV, and just really spend time with each other because it's so easy to get caught up in that stuff. So that's that's something that's definitely been uh, been really helpful, too. Yeah. You know, another thing I do is I try, have tried at least to implement systems so that when you're together, more of your time can be spent present with one another. So, mm. for example, I hate writing checks, physically, manually checks, especially on, an, on a regular basis if you have to do it uh, you know, every month or so. And there are some that you can't avoid. You have to write certain checks. Um, but you know, I have almost all of our bills on automatic direct bill pay. Uh, and then other other ones where I can't do bill pay with someone, um, I'll I'll have my bank go into my bank and have them send uh, an automatic payment, which you can usually do depending on your bank through your online service through their through their website, so that a check is physically mailed out to them every month. Um, and I think that you know doing little things like that takes a little bit of time at, at, up front, but it saves you from on a Sunday night rather than relaxing and being with one another. It saves you from having to be like, oh, crap, what do I need to write a check for this or that? I need to do this thing or that thing. It just takes one extra thing off of your mind so you don't have to worry about doing that. I totally relate to that. And I did that recently. In fact, our community will know I publish a weekly update each week. And what I was doing for a long time is I was writing the article. I always write the articles each week. But then I would go and I would copy and paste the article into my email management system and I would format it each week. And it'd probably take me about a half hour, 45 minutes to do, which isn't that long, but I would be doing it every week. And I started thinking, and, and I think this has been really helpful for me, John, of thinking through kind of everything in life. Like that is 45 minutes that I can do nothing else. 
Mm-hmm. If I do that each week, like that is 45 minutes either away from time reading, away from time I'd spend with Bonnie, away from time with Luke, although I'd normally do it at night, but that is 45 minutes that I do not get back and and that I'm making that the most important thing in my life right now. And so I invested some time over the holidays of getting a system set up where it automatically would pull it from the website and do it. And now all of a sudden, 30 to 45 minutes a week of what I was spending doing that are gone and yeah. and you know what it looks better too <laughs> so um and they but that little stuff of investing a little bit of time to pick up some efficiencies is is it's just huge it's just yeah huge. it makes a big difference it, it, you know another thing that we're experimenting with right now is we have a house cleaner who comes to clean um, and we were doing it about you know once every other week for a while and then when things got busier with baby number one, we went up to a week. So now she comes once a week and we're actually, and this is, this. Uh, some people listening to this are probably going to say, yeah, absolutely do it. Other people are gonna, probably going to be saying what a jerk or an elitist or something like that. But now we're going to have the same house cleaner come for an hour, another day of the week. So she currently comes on Thursdays and we're going to have her come on Mondays and just try it out. You know, it's not that expensive for to have her come and She's going to come and just kind of tidy up and put away the dishes and maybe do a load of laundry, put away the clean dishes in the dishwasher, um, clean up around the kitchen and everything. Because what, what happens with us is it, you know, we're spending so much time doing that stuff, doing a load of laundry, you know, cleaning the, the dishes in the dishwasher, all that kind of stuff, that it gets in the way of being present with one another. And, you know, it is... I think it's kind of like that investment, like you said, in uh, you know doing a date night once a week. That I view that as kind of an investment because it's definitely an investment because it 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 will free us up from those repetitive tasks and allow us to spend a little bit more time together, which you know is is definitely worth it. You know, speaking of time and some of the resources outside of us, uh, you know, we should hit on the professional aspect of this too, because uh, both you and I are in uh, families where both parents work, and so um, I'm wondering what you guys do, John, with communicating with other people, you know, colleagues, clients. Is there anything that you do or found that is helpful in the professional world that's uh, worked out well or maybe even hasn't worked out as far as kind of keeping those boundaries uh, pretty sane for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've we've kind of touched on some of these issues um, as we've gone along. But one thing that I've done is what we're doing right now, which is recording podcasts and producing content because you know, when you're a service provider, like you are, like I am, like actually I heard a statistic the other day, 80% of Americans are service providers. We're moving from a product-based economy to more of a service-based economy. And so that's been increasing over the years. So when you're a service provider, you want to check in with people in your network. It's crucially important. I'm always writing about this on on my blog. You want to check in with people and doing something like this where we record it once, it takes an hour of our time, and then we put it up and it will be on the internet forever, is such an easy and efficient way of communicating in a professional sense. Because after we do it, we'll both record it, we'll both put it on our podcast, we'll put it on our LinkedIn page, we'll share it on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and people in our network will hear it and we'll refer people to it in the future. You know, we all have clients or friends or colleagues or people who I meet who talk about work-life issues and I'll say, listen to my episode, blah, 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 where we talk about work-life issues and might have some good tips for you there. So 
that's a, a way of being efficient with your time, you know, because the process of manually checking in with people in your network as your network gets larger becomes more and more time consuming and more and more difficult. Mm. So you need to scale that process and using things like writing articles or producing content like like podcasts is a great way to do that and to check in with people and for them to remember you are, you know, where you are. So that's one thing that I would recommend. Do you have any other ideas? Yeah, I, I have a few and I, I should just reinforce what you said. I mean, there's, there's so many great, wonderful ways that technology can help us. Technology gets in our way a lot of the times too of making those genuine connections. But um, for, for those who haven't heard it, John did a great job uh, kind of overviewing how to get better at that um, when you were on my show on episode 106. So I'll put a link to that in my show notes, John, and you can you can as well so people can, can grab that conversation because I think you have a lot of really good thinking on that. Um, and for me, it's, you know, I, I have found I'm usually harder on myself than my, than any colleagues or clients would be. Um, you know, it's amazing to me how clear, how clear communication in advance can really move mountains. Um, so mm -hmm. for example, this past semester, our schedule's changing a little bit now, but this past semester, Bonnie was on campus all day on Wednesdays. And so what just made sense in our schedules for me just to be you know, with Luke on Wednesdays and, and out. Um, and so I communicated everyone, you know, in my network and, you know, people I interact with on a daily basis who need to know, I said, Hey, you know, feel free to reach out to me on Wednesdays. Just know I'm not going to probably respond and I'm probably not going to get back to you on email and I'm not likely to answer the phone. Um, and I'll get back to, you know, either Wednesday night or Thursday morning, more likely. And it's funny because um, on the occasion where you know Luke would be taking a nap or or maybe I had a few free hours on a Wednesday and I and I try to get some work done, uh, on a couple of times I'd have people like, "Well, you're I know you can't talk today because it's Wednesday," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "But I have time now." <laughs> like, forget what I said. But it's it's funny. Like I I've also found though that if I start doing some of that, then people, you know, don't then it's confusing to people. So there have yeah. been a few times even that I've had maybe an hour or two to make some calls on a Wednesday that I've said, you know what, I'm better off sticking to the system that everyone knows. And rather than starting to show up on Wednesdays and confusing everybody and then having everyone starting calling me on Wednesdays again is to... Um, is to do something else. You know, use that time to do writing. Use that time to you know do something for our family, or to uh, you know, or 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 to do something that just requires me working on my own, which more often would 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 be what happened. And I found that that was um, that was really helpful. But just being clear with everyone on what the expectations were, and you know, I'm I'm really grateful to work in an industry and to have the kind of work that I can do that more so than than. Some people can, and I know for a lot of people don't necessarily have as much of that flexibility. But I do think that more and more businesses and organizations today, John, I, I, there's very few now that don't aren't willing to be flexible in some ways with almost you know with a vast majority of of employees if they communicate in advance. And and I think that that's a really great trend that's happening in the workplace these days. And I think it's something that um, you know if 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 you haven't tapped into or haven't explored and would benefit you and your family, I think is a really important thing for people to do. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's just the fear that people have. They're, they're afraid that the clients will abandon them or they're afraid that the, uh, the boss will not be happy with that. Um, the idea of them, you know, having to build in that flexibility, but you're right. It does start with communication. It just start with talking to people about it. And I found the same thing. I mean, you know, people are human. Um, you know, Clients that I've worked with, 
tend to be very understanding if something comes up, if my son gets sick at school and I have to have to go pick him up. And I explain to him, you know, I meant to, we, we were going to meet today. Um, you know, it doesn't happen that frequently, so it doesn't uh, become much of an issue. But when it does come up, people understand. They understand that, yeah. you know, everyone's human and you've got a family and sometimes those things get in the way. Um, and just being honest about it is, you know, a great way to go. I think that's good advice. The other thing I'd recommend for you, for your situation with the, uh, you know, not wanting to communicate people on Wednesday, Boomerang for Gmail. Do you use Gmail? I don't, no. Okay. Well, no. Boomerang for Gmail is really cool. It it allows you to send delayed messages. There's probably something similar for your uh, email system. Um, but So you could type an email to a client on Wednesday while Luke is napping and have it be sent out at 8 a.m. Thursday morning. I did <laughs> used to have that functionality with Outlook, and I know there are some services that do that. And uh, David Sparks was on my show a few weeks ago and has talked about some of the new email services that came out. And so I'm going to look into that um, just because I, I do think that there's some some value sometimes in composing something, having going out go out later, you know, if it's not something that's time sensitive or urgent. And so, uh, yeah, I'll definitely check check that out and check out what other options are there for that because I'd uh, I'd like to at least have that option once in a while, even if I don't use it every day. Yeah, or if you want the clients to think that you're really working and thinking about them at you know eleven o'clock at night, you got the emails go out then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> then they're calling at eleven. <laughs> you know, but it's in, it is interesting, John, and I I do think about this because I really want to model like good life balance, not just for my family, but also for the people I interact with in the professional world too. Um, you know, if 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 people in our in my listening community are getting emails from me at two or three in the morning or something like that, which they're not, by the way, because I'm never up then. But um, but I you know I don't think that that always that doesn't model like good balance. And so I really um, I rarely email anyone. It's a client, even personal, you know, after nine o'clock at night or anything like that, just because I you know I want to spend that time really focused on. Uh, family or reading or just kind of winding down the day or just I love just sitting and chatting with Bonnie because we don't get to do that anywhere as much as we used to and boy if we can spend like an hour at a night once in a while just having a long conversation about life or about we you know we're both tech geeks so we love talking about technology and just what's going on in our lives and friends and uh, that is just that's the perfect end to the day for me. I love doing that, and so I don't want to be on email at you know ten o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. You know, I realize this is kind of going back to something we were talking about earlier. But we talk, we mentioned the idea of the three words. Your three words. Yep. First of all, we should probably explain what they are. But we also didn't talk about what our three words are for the year. So maybe that would be a good way of kind of wrapping that up. I, I think that's a great way to wrap it up. And I did a podcast uh, about a year ago, and I'll put a link to it in the notes, where I, I, this is a concept, I think, originally from Chris Brogan, who had kind of said, you know, have three words that you kind of are living your life around this year and and focused on in order to get what you want and to keep your life fairly balanced. And so I mentioned my three from last year. So my three for this year are... Uh, actually, there are four words because one of them is two words. Launch, speak up, and study. And so launch is because uh, I am working on the first course for the Coaching for Leaders community. So that's a big part of one of my goals for this year. It's one of my 10 big goals. And so I'm all about getting that launched and off. And that's a really important goal for a lot of reasons. So I am, I'm working actively on that right now. So that's where that comes from. 
Speak up is to remind me to speak up when I have something of value to add in a conversation or an interaction professionally or personally. Um, I tend to be a pretty quieter personality. Uh, by nature, I'm more of an introvert. And so I I find I found recently that I want to do more of speaking up and actually engaging in conversations when I have something to say. So that's a reminder for me to do that on a more of a daily basis kind of reminder. And then the third one is study. I have vastly grown my goal this year for how much I want to read. And it'll be a little challenging at the beginning of the year with our daughter showing up in a month. Um, but after that, I really want to do a lot more reading this year because I think it'll be of real value to my professional development, staying current in my field. I think it'll be really value to my my audience. And, um, and I just love to read. I love books and I love knowing what's out there. So 15 books this year is my goal, John. That's, that's a good goal. You know, you've got a... Um a great resource on your website, the 10 leadership books that will help get you get help you get better results from others. And I highly recommend that people going to coaching for leaders and downloading that. And I'll wait, make one more recommendation because it, it wasn't on there. This is a relatively recent book that just came out. Give and Take by Adam Grant. Have you read that yet? I haven't, but it's one of the, I'm sure the 15 that I'll read. It is, uh, I've heard great things about it. And I hope at some point actually have him on the Coaching it, for Leaders show too. Yeah, me as well. Uh, it's excellent. It, it you know it it really the, there's books which you do recommend like How to Win Friends and Influence People, which you and I uh, have been heavily influenced by. And there's also Intuition. I think you and I both see eye to eye on an attitude of if you go through life helping people, giving more than you get, not expecting something in return, that it will pay off in the long run. And a lot of people do that, but what Adam Grant does in Give and Take is he actually provides the social science research. He backs it up with all kinds of research and studies that have been done that actually demonstrates that people who are givers are the ones who rise to the top of the success ladder if they don't become a doormat, if they don't allow themselves to be taken advantage of by the takers out there in the world. Mm. So it really breaks it down well. It's a great book. I, I'd highly recommend that one. I love it. I love it. But, well, and, but I love I love your three words too. I mean, that's a that's a great those great breakdown. And I love that you've already got a doctorate, and the man's goal is to study. <laughs> like you haven't studied enough. <laughs> you know, I, I'm probably done with university degrees, but I hope that I'm <laughs> I hope that I'm never done learning. I that's love true. to learn. I love to teach, and I'm I'm always so excited when I see a new book come out. I was just I was listening to. Um, Bonnie was watching a show last night and there was a book out on, uh, there's a new book out on Pope Francis and I, I'm, I'm not Catholic, but I, I just am really impressed with the new Pope and just some of the leadership concepts and servant leadership that he has, has brought already to the work he's done. And I'm like, oh, I'd love to read that book. And <laughs> I've already got a list of like 25 long. I'm like, I'm not going to have time to read all these books this year, but I, uh, I just, I just love learning. Well, you know what I did that made a big difference is I started reading in the car, reading books on tape. And now I have a short commute. It's only about 20 minutes and I, 15, 20 minutes, and I get through two books in a month on just driving around town, listening to books on tape, um, either through audible.com uh, or through um, getting books from the library. Uh, I've been able to get through about two books a month, just, that, just th through those alone. 
I used to do it, and for whatever reason, my brain's not working on audiobooks anymore, and I really wanted to like take notes and highlight things. Mm. And as soon as someone comes out with some great technology for me to be able to highlight an audiobook and, and archive that, I am going to do it. The other challenge, I, I don't have a commute anymore, John. I'm, I'm yeah. rarely on the road, so my commute's about 20 feet most days. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, which is great, but it also has had the interesting side effect of I'm not... I don't have as much time to listen to podcasts and audiobooks and things like that either. Yeah. So um, I've really had to yeah. make be more intentional about making time for that. Um, speaking of which, intentionality. Did uh, do you have three words as well, or three things you're you're focusing on? I know you mentioned that, or I don't know if you had done any thinking on that. I do, yeah. And um, so the three words that I chose for 2014, which I haven't, I have the blog post drafted, but haven't published it yet, are plan, which I mentioned earlier, write, and give. And planning mm. is, you know, been instrumental to everything I've been able to accomplish over the last 18 months or so, because I, I really wasn't a great planner or I've, I didn't really focus on planning before that. In the last 18 months, I've really doubled down on it. And I think it allows me to get a lot more accomplished than I did before. Writing, I've always been a writer since I was about 10 years old. It's always been something that's been in me, but I want to share my writing more with the world. Um, I want to write more for different places. And so you, if anyone listening to this has followed me before or follows me on social media, you see I write for a lot of different um, sites out there and a lot of different uh, places. And I enjoy doing that. I enjoy having someone new in some new venue who discovers something I've written, finds some value in it, and reaches out to me. So, uh, And when I've, when I've focused on that, that's always been a great way of um, providing value to other people. And that leads to my third word, which is give, which is influenced by Give and Take by Adam Grant. Awesome. Um, and I, after reading that book, I said, you know what? I'm just going to focus on giving, giving, giving. And in the, the, uh, the theory of the book, at least, and, and which is really well documented, is that if you do that, then rewards will come back to you. Well, and I should point out that you actually sparked the idea for this conversation initially because you had sent me an email to help make a connection for me, for my community. And so you're practicing what you're preaching right at the beginning of the year here. And that actually led to us talking more and then talking about the, the topic for this conversation. So I think it's just, the, you know, it's great the, how that uh, that's driven your behavior already and uh, and some cool things are already coming out of it. Yeah, there you go. Perfect example, right? Yeah, awesome. So <laughs> how should, uh, so for people who normally listen to my show, how should people uh, get a hold of you? Where should people go? Uh, and and maybe you can say something about your, uh, your book too. People who are listening to this on your show can- uh, <laughs> It's a little confusing. This. Yeah, really confusing. So my website is smartbusinessrevolution.com, and you know what I'll do is I'll just check up, I'll set up a uh, welcome page. I can't remember if I did that last time when I was on your you podcast. Did. You did. Okay, yeah. so I probably have that from before, so we can link that in the show notes. It probably probably was smartbusinessrevolution.com slash coaching for leaders. It is. I'm looking at oh, it right yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so you can go there and you can grab a copy of my uh, ebook, which... Um, as of last checked, uh, it was called How to Create Your Personal Networking Plan, but I am actually retitling it, so it might be named something else. But the, the point behind the ebook is uh, how to reach out to people who you know or who you don't know, VIPs, top performers, that sort of thing, 
and develop relationships with people and then use them in a way that is win-win and that can lead to more clients, customers, and revenues uh, for you personally. Um, and it's something that I'm passionate about. A lot of people call it networking, but that's kind of a negative term that a lot of people, that's a whole, there's a whole other discussion, but a lot of people have a negative connotation with it. But really what it's about is about using relationships, developing sincere, genuine human relationships with people um, in order to propel your business forward. So I, I hope people check it out. And um, for, for those who are listening to this through my podcast and are first hearing about Dave, Dave, where can people check you out? Well, thank you, John. And I should say for folks in my audience, uh, one thing too is for those of you who haven't listened to John before on the uh, previous episode 106, uh, John's got a great book, lots of lots of tools and resources, and he used to work at the White House for President Clinton. So he uh, he, he knows a thing or two about how to make connections with people. So it's great stuff. Um, and thank you, John, for the opportunity. It's uh, My website's coachingforleaders.com, and the community is really for uh, people who want to be more effective leaders, but weren't necessarily trained for that and, uh, you know, have expertise in something else, but now are in a leadership role and want to get better at their communications, human relations, and personal productivity. And uh, the the list you mentioned earlier, John, is actually a great way to start. Uh, so there's a free reader's guide on uh, the 10 leadership books that'll help you get better results from others. Coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe is how you get it. And uh, And that's it. Great. Well, thank you so much, Dave. This was fun. Hey, it was fun. And we could talk for another two hours. But, uh, you know, my calendar says at some point here, I've got to go uh, make sure Luke's doing well. So speaking and, of work-life and, and we know we can't break that calendar. So <laughs> Exactly. Couldn't be flexible, right? <laughs> right. All right. Great. Thank you, Dave. Hey, it's been fun, John. Thank you. My question for you after listening to this conversation is what's one new idea that you've gained from our conversation that'll help you to achieve better work-life balance? And if you'd like to answer that question and join our conversation about this episode, just go to coachingforleaders.com slash 123. That'll take you to the show notes for this episode, give you a chance to answer that question. And or you could wait for the weekly update for those of you who are on the weekly update this coming Wednesday, and there will be a link there as well to join the conversation. And of course, if you have comments, questions, or feedback, uh, either about anything related to this show or for a future episode, coachingforleaders.com slash feedback is a great way to submit feedback to me. And you may uh, remember that John also has a podcast. It's called Smart Business Revolution. And so you can uh, check him out online as well. I'll have a link to all of his stuff in the show notes, but he helps entrepreneurs and small businesses bring in more clients, customers, and revenue. So if that's something that sounds of interest to you, definitely check him out online. Hey, you know, one resource that I realized after our conversation that I didn't mention, you may have heard me speak about the uh, having a goal to read 15 books this year. And one of the resources that I use for tracking my reading these days is called Goodreads. And you can get to it at goodreads.com. I believe they are owned by Amazon, if I am correct. Um, but you can go there and you can actually uh, add me as a friend or find uh, my reading list and what I'm reading and have re read recently. And if you'd like to do that, just go to coachingforleaders.com slash goodreads. That will take you 
directly there to my list. And you know, one book that I'm currently reading along toward my goals, uh, I've Bonnie and I actually read it together. I haven't finished it yet. It's called The Secrets of Happy Families by Bruce Feiler. Uh, it's really been an interesting read about some of the research out there and also just the stories about what our families doing that are really happy and successful. And one of the ideas I've already pulled from this book and we've implemented in our family in a real practical way, I think, is uh, getting out of the mindset of that family time can only be at the dinner table each evening. Uh, I think a lot of us, at least here in the States, I know the culture used to be very much that uh, you got together, everyone got together for dinner time. And if you couldn't get together for dinner time, you know, you didn't get together. And he really calls, he says, you know, that's great in the book, but he also challenges people to say, you know, if it's, if dinner time doesn't work for your family, pick another time of the day that it makes sense to get people together. And, and, uh, while we do often get together for dinner in our family, we actually almost always a hundred percent of the time get together for breakfast and spend a good hour as a family, uh, connecting at breakfast, uh, regardless of what's going on in people's schedules. It is incredibly rare that we one of us isn't around for a good hour or so for breakfast every morning, and we have time to connect there. And uh, that's really been helpful of just moving, changing our mindset on getting out of, you know, something has to be a certain way just because that's the family we grew up with or that's what the neighbors do. And I mentioned that both because I think it's really helpful on challenging some of our assumptions about work-life balance. And I know I have a lot of baggage around it um, that I bring from you know family and from just seeing how other people have done stuff. And it really challenges us to think creatively. And I think that's a big thing with work-life balance is being able to think creatively of what is going to work for you and your situation and your family and your work. And that answer is different for everyone. So my greatest hope for all of us coming away from this conversation today is just that it would challenge you to think differently, even if it's something completely different than what John and I spoke about or or um, or brought up on the show. But if it sparks an idea for you to try something different with your family that brings more balance, brings more quality time, then that's fantastic. And I'd love to hear about it if you do something differently that is helpful to you. Hey, a quick reminder before I let you go this week, episode 125 coming up in two weeks is going to be an all question and answer show on time management. And so that's very much related to our topic today. So if you have a question for me on different time management systems you could use, how to utilize and manage your task list, how do you uh, approach best practices around managing your time and resources. If you're running into obstacles, if you're looking for more resources around that, and of course, if you're looking for ways to either systematize or to start to think creatively about around work-life balance, uh, there are things that have worked for me. There are also many things that haven't. And I'm going to pull out my resources and tackle as many questions as I can during that episode. So if you have a question and would like to have your question considered for that episode, Go to coachingforleaders.com slash feedback, and that is the very best way for you to submit a question. I would love to get an audio question. That way I can play it on the episode here. Hey, a huge thank you this week to Nusrat Khan, Shannon Chisano, Johanna, Johanna Alvarado, Arthur Kugat, Pam Davis, Chow Fan, Jacob Abanga, Ian Butcher, John Corcoran, hey John, Maria Augustin, 
Melissa Dixon, someone named Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Brian Riddack, James Drake, Rob Root, Brian Myers, and Lorraine Clark, who all subscribe to my weekly update in the past week. Thank you to all of you. I do publish that weekly update every Wednesday. It'll give you an update between shows uh, with an article on how to lead better and give you some good advice and some resources on getting better at your communication, human relations, or productivity. Plus, as of now, the show notes for every episode. So all the links, everything John and I talked about, the resources are all going to be in that. So you'll get that on Wednesday as well. If you'd like to get that in your inbox too, just go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. Plus you'll also get instant access to my video overview and a nice downloadable about 10 page PDF on the 10 leadership books that will help you get better results from others, plus a little synopsis of each of those books. It'll help you to start your reading list for this year. So if reading is a goal of yours, I'd really encourage you to check that out as well. It'll give you a great place to start. Hey, a huge thank you as well to the person named Marla R for your very kind written review on Stitcher this past week. Marla, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. If this show's been valuable to you as well, if you take a moment this week to write a written review, either on iTunes or Stitcher, depending on which directory you use, uh, and if you use another directory and they allow for reviews, I'd be grateful for that too. Uh, you can get to the iTunes one, coachingforleaders.com slash iTunes, or Stitcher at coachingforleaders.com slash Stitcher. And uh, heads up on the Stitcher for Stitcher folks. It, for some reason, it just isn't really friendly on letting you do that on mobile devices. So uh, check it out with the website, coachingforleaders.com slash Stitcher, and that'll get you there. Hey, have a great week, everyone. And I'll talk to you again next week. Take care.